0: What? Over? Did you say over? Nothing is over until we decide it is! Was it over when the Germans bombed
1: Pearl
2: Harbor? Hell no! Germans? Forget it, he's rolling.
0: And it ain't over now! Because when the going gets tough, the toughs get going! Who's with me? Let's go! Come on! Hey! Fan Junkies Radio invites you to sit back, relax, turn the TV volume down, and turn your computer volume up for another edition of Frat House Saturday. Now, here's Frat House Mike himself, Mike McShane.
3: All righty, yes indeed, and thank you again for uh, joining me here on another Frat House Saturday as I'm bringing you some Saturday afternoon sports chat for your... Listening pleasure. Well, at least I hope so, anyhow. Or you can call in, for gosh sakes, 347-237-5373. That's how you can get a hold of me right here. And uh, let me know what's on your mind with regard to anything going on in sports. All right. Let's jump over and take a look at a little bit of history. And, in fact, it was rather interesting because as I was looking things up here this morning, uh, I I guess I kind of had to go with this one because – Well, even over on Major League Baseball's website, they're highlighting this one. 75 years ago today, in 1938, Cincinnati Reds pitcher Johnny Vandermeer, well, he pitched his second straight no-hitter, an accomplishment that has never been repeated. It's never happened again. Of course, just like I say that and watch, it'll happen this week. Well, that might be a good thing uh let's get you caught up to date with it you know I I, there's been a lot of particularly early on you know when the NHL season came back into play there was a lot of uh, I mean particularly here on Fan Junkies Radio there was a lot of disgruntlement about the whole thing with the NHL the fact the lockout went for as long as it did and there was so much talk about the season not even occurring at all ultimately we get back into it and we play a 48-game schedule, 46-game schedule, whatever it turned out to be. You know, the playoffs are just incredible. We got the finals going on, and uh, Wednesday night we had game one of the Stanley Cup finals between two of the original six teams uh, with the Chicago Blackhawks and the uh, Boston Bruins. What a game that was Wednesday night. Went to three overtimes before Chicago, as I pointed out, on last evening's Fan Junkies uh, radio program with Jonathan and myself, as I pointed out, they they prevailed. I mean, really, that's what it came down to. It came down to prevailing in that game. Because in many respects, I kind of really thought that the game deserved to go to Boston. Boston, in my opinion, played a little bit better in that. But when you go into overtime in the Stanley Cup Finals, for gosh sakes, I mean, it can go any way at all, and that's exactly how it went. And Chicago ended up winning that one 4-3. to three. And so we go to Game 2 uh, this evening. Uh took a couple of days to get that one uh, scheduled, I guess. You know, I guess there was scheduling issues. Because, I mean, when you consider for a moment, they played on Wednesday. And, of course, then we were on Thursday, Friday. You know, it seemed like a long period of time. But, uh, you know, they had to put their schedule together. And, of course, the playoffs are now going much longer into the year than they would normally. So I guess it was a little bit difficult in getting things scheduled, but we've got game two coming up in Chicago this evening at 8 PM. And you can catch that one on NBC uh, sports network. And yeah, you can bet I'm going to be there for that one. Cause if, uh, if game one is any indication of the way this series is going to go, this series could be a real classic, honestly, excuse me over, uh, in the NBA as well. Uh, tomorrow evening we'll be taking a look at. Um, game 5. Game 5 will be coming up uh, tomorrow evening. Uh, that series is now tied. 2-2 between the San Antonio Spurs. And the Miami Heat. This was another one that I kind of felt. Boy going into game 4. I thought. Boy oh boy. If San Antonio pulls this one off. Well. I think you'd have to kind of say. This is going to be San Antonio's series. Now. With Miami actually winning it, you gotta kind of—I kind of throw the momentum back into the favor of Miami. Uh, and in fact, early lines are apparently. Uh, uh, when I was checking things yesterday, Miami uh, is was a one or two point favorite as of yesterday when the line opened up. It was a pick 'em game, so um, you gotta kind of think that perhaps maybe this thing is shifting back that way. So game 5 should certainly be uh an interesting one as well. And I got to give kudos to the NBA as well. Th- this final series really has been quite entertaining. Um the really I I guess the-, the one thing that would be a little bit disappointing I suppose perhaps maybe for for real diehard basketball fans is it there really hasn't been a close game. Um if San Antonio wins, it seems like they win by a lot. And obviously, if, if Miami does, it seems to go the other way. So, um, anyhow, you got that. Uh, you got the NHL, second game of the NHL uh, Stanley Cup finals this evening. And you got game five of the NBA finals uh, tomorrow evening uh, over on ABC. I believe that's an eight o'clock uh, tip off. Uh, let's see, over in Major League Baseball right now, we only have one game going on, an early game, and uh, that's. Uh, uh, the Cubs are visiting the New York Mets, and uh, that game is scheduled to begin uh, at 1.10 uh, this afternoon. Just a couple of moments from now. So you got one afternoon game. The uh, Major League Baseball standings at this point right now, uh, pretty much, I, I don't think there's any real major surprises, with the exception of perhaps the AL West right now where the Oakland A's have taken over the top spot in the AL West over the Texas Rangers, who have gone 3-7 and seven in their last 10 and have really, really cooled off. Uh, so that's a little bit of a surprise at this point. Of course, Detroit continues to lead in the AL Central. And Boston, uh, with a 41-28 and 28 record, uh, continue to lead up there in the AL East. Baltimore now in second place in the AL East. Come on, Baltimore. 39-29 and 29 record. Uh, just a game and a half out of first place. New York, <coughs> excuse me, New York Yankees have dropped back to third place now, three games out of first. In the National League, uh, the uh, Atlanta Braves continue to run away with it. Albeit, uh, one more time, we're seeing them cool off just a tad. They're four and six in their last ten, uh, but still have a five and a half game lead over the Washington Nationals. St. Louis is two and a half games in front of the Cincinnati Reds. And the Arizona Diamondbacks continue to be a game and a half in front of the San Francisco Giants. And there's our baseball update for what's happening right now. Let's let's stick with baseball here for just a couple of moments. Uh, I'm, I, a couple of things I want to throw out there for your consideration, or well, maybe even your uh, input. You know, if you want to jump in here, give me a holler on any of these couple of topics that I'm going to bring up here. Uh, and the way you can do that, of course, uh, you can reach me at three four seven two three seven five three seven three. Make no qualms about it. I have lived almost all of my entire life in the suburbs of Philadelphia, so I'm a Philadelphia boy and fan. Um and yesterday afternoon, um uh, Philadelphia Talk Radio uh that I listen to here um was uh buzzing with some comments that were made by Philadelphia Phillies pitcher Cliff Lee. Um he apparently was interviewed by a local journalist. And as we all know, the Philadelphia Phils are uh, not having a very good season. I mean, let's get it straight. They're a 500-team at best. Um, Cliff Lee, of course, being one of their aces uh, and having a very, very good season himself, was asked by a local journalist uh, about uh, basically about what he thinks of the Phil's, what he thinks of their chances, and uh, whether, in fact, he would uh, continue to like to stay right here in Philadelphia. Um, I guess maybe implicating or implying that, well, hey, if the management came to you and said, uh, listen, we're trading you out of here because we got to burn this thing to the ground now before the deadline, uh, how would Cliff Lee feel about that? Um, question was thrown to him, if it doesn't turn around, do you want to stay? And uh, his response was, I definitely want to win. There's no doubt about that. I want to win. I don't know how to say it besides that. I want to win. A lot of people read into that that Cliff Lee was being disloyal. And uh, I say that with a big question mark. If you can't hear it in my voice, uh, well, if you could see me, there's a big question mark over my head. Disloyal. Really? In this era of free agency – What loyalty is there, first of all, coming from players to teams? That's number one. But number two, when fans begin to question the loyalty of players, I really wonder whether that's just being a bit disingenuous on the part of fans. Because consider for a moment what loyalty do we have to them. Frequently, in off-seasons, we're screaming for our general managers to be going out and picking up every... Known, top-quality guy, doesn't matter what sport it is, and we frankly don't give a darn whether those people happen to have any loyalty to us whatsoever. All we're looking for is a winner. And so my question really is, what loyalty does Cliff Lee have to provide to the Philadelphia Phils, and what loyalty do we really have to any of our players on any of our teams? We can sit back at times and say, I really like this guy. And boy, if he gets traded, that's really, really, I'm really going to be disappointed. But after we get done saying it, within about three days, we'll be over it. That's just the truth, folks. This is what we've created. Free agency and ourselves have created this situation. I frankly don't feel that Cliff Lee owes the Philadelphia Phils or the fan base here any loyalty whatsoever. He wants to win just like we want a winner. And so really when it comes right down to it, both sides are being satisfied. What are your thoughts on that one? 347 three, 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 if you've got any comments on that. The uh, other story that uh, I, I just kind of want to pick it up again uh, a little bit here because I'd like to get some comment on it. Something Jonathan and I uh, brought up last night, we brought it up before, and I want to pick it up again, um, because there was an article over in USA Today um, that came out yesterday, comments made by Lem Barney, who is a uh, NFL Hall of Famer. And Lem Barney uh, indicated in his article that he does not believe that football will be around in the next 10 to 20 years. That the nature of the game is so violent, and that the um, pressure will be applied uh, to do something about the violence in this game to the extent that it will potentially be eliminated. Len Barney took his comments a couple of steps further to indicate that he wishes he had really never even played the game. He said he wishes he would have been a truck driver or a cab driver, anything other than playing. Uh, People often ask me, do I miss the game? Do I wish I could still play with all the money they're making today? Even with all that, I'd say, heck no. The game is becoming more deadly today. He also went on to indicate that uh, he encouraged both his son and his grandson not to play the game. I kind of took some exception to his comments. Not that I necessarily disagree with him about the prospect that football could be dramatically different if around at all in the next 10 to 20 years. Jonathan and I have talked about this. I'll be perfectly honest. It's one of my big sports fears is that this sport will either be modified so dramatically that it won't even be recognizable or worse, may not even exist. We talked about that one. I don't take exception to Barney's comments in that respect. What I do take exception to is that as a Hall of Fame alumnus, that he would be coming out publicly and making the comments that he did, almost in an effort to accelerate the demise of the sport and the game itself. I understand if he wants to make the comments that he doesn't feel that perhaps maybe the game would be around in the next 10 to 20. But to enhance those comments by indicating that he wishes he never would have played and would have preferred to have been a cab driver instead and that he's encouraging all of his young people around him not to play the sport that to me is detrimental if you are interested in helping the sport then do something to help it don't do something to destroy it now I throw it out to all of you does the fact number one do you think That like Barney does here, that potentially this sport might not exist in the future. I'm not, and you don't even have to agree with the 10 to 20 time year frame. I mean, it might be, it might be 30 or 40 years down the line. But in the future, do you think this sport basically would be eradicated simply because of the danger and the violence of the sport itself? Do you think that that is possibility? Number two, how do you feel about that? Number three. What do you think of I'm uh, Barney's comments here? Is he doing a good thing? I mean, is this is this a good thing? Is he just bringing awareness in a very, very uh, uh, kind of uh, uh, an- animated sort of way? I'm going to bring awareness to the problems of this sport, and here's how I'm going to do it. I'm going to make these very, very uh, uh, lightning rod sort of statements. Is that bringing awareness? Is that, the, is that what he's attempting to do? Is that a good thing? Uh, or is he being irresponsible? I frankly think his comments are modestly irresponsible. 347 2 hot topics there. Let me get your opinion on them. Do sports athletes owe us anything from the standpoint of loyalty? Do we owe them anything from the standpoint of loyalty? And number two, what do you think about the future of the NFL and football in this country? Alrighty. purpose for Frat House Saturday, of course, is to bring you the audio rebroadcast of each week's five minutes at the Frat House. This week, I'm going to be bringing to you the audio side of our video production number 93, which we just produced on Thursday evening and was released yesterday. (coughs) Excuse me, as I pointed out, this is an audio rebroadcast, so... Um, you may want to go and take a look at the video. The video, video frequently can be quite amusing, uh, and there will be some things that you may very well miss by simply listening to the audio side of this. Um, to get to the videos, uh, the easiest and fastest and best way to get to do it is just go to YouTube, type in 5 Minutes at the crowdhouse, and you will find all 125 of our videos there. 93 of them are 5 Minutes at the crowdhouse, and then we have others that are um, assorted shorts, that we've done over the past almost two years. Uh, while this is playing, I'll not be taking any calls, but I will come back with you after the fact, and I can hang with you uh, for a couple of moments, or as long as anyone cares to participate. So uh, without uh, further ado, let me bring to you this week's Five Minutes at the Pride House number 93. Well, there we go. We're uh, all back to normal here on this week's five minutes at the Frat House with Frat House Mike and
4: Sidekick. In the house.
3: Welcome back. Hey, you know, good to have you. Live and in the flesh. Good to have you back in your place, and I'm sure our uh, technical director back there, uh, Brandon, is happy about that as well. He tried to sit in for you last week. What do you think? What kind of grade do you give him? I I (laughs) goofed. I
0: goofed.
3: No, I, I won't put you on the spot. I wouldn't do that to Brad tonight. Um, you had a nice trip to St. Louis. Yep. You brought back the nasty weather with you. We appreciate that here yep. at the Pratt House. All right. Uh, 93rd edition coming at you right now. Five minutes at the Pratt House. And, uh, well, let's jump right into our weekly sports chat, and we'll start it off sure. uh, with a look back at the 14th race, NASCAR race of the season. Uh, up at the party at the Poconos 400 at our favorite tricky triangle at Pocono Raceway. pole sitter and laps leader Jimmy Johnson won his third of the season, and if anyone referred to uh, uh, the Pocono, to this Pocono race as dull or boring, well, it might, have, it, it might have been just simply because it seemed like Johnson led from the beginning to the end. I mean, it led as well end, uh, as he led 128 Of the 160 laps. Um, Others who came in the top five included uh, Greg Biffle came in second, Dale Jr. came in third, and uh, we talked uh, last week about whether uh, Tony Stewart had turned the corner. Well, he pulled a fourth. (coughs) Um, And my favorite, (laughs) I say that snickering, Ryan Newman came in fifth. In a race that was pretty much event-free, we ended up with five of the six race cautions coming in uh, the last 34 laps, uh, giving the conclusion of this race a kind of a, a bit of a disjointed feel to it. Uh, in fact, I, I, I said pre-show, the one of the things I wanted to bring up was that it was kind of a rather dull race. Um, but, uh, and, and the ending didn't help with having that many cautions in so few yeah. laps at the conclusion of it.
4: Well, and when you have somebody dominate a race for you know 120 of 100, the, and they're not on your fantasy team, you know it it does kind of make for a boring race.
3: Yeah, it, it, you know, yeah, and I mean he led from like I said from 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 almost the beginning, and the only reason he didn't lead consistently because were there there were there were obvious you know green flag uh, pit stops. So, uh, nonetheless, let's take a look at the uh, Sprint Cup standings uh, leaderboard. And uh, Johnson now is really beginning, as you can see, to create a little bit of distance as he holds on to the number one spot. Now 51 points ahead of Carl Edwards, uh, who is still in the number two. Clint Boyer stays in the number three. Dale Jr. jumps back up now into the top uh, five, and he's now holding that number four spot. And Kevin Harvick
4: continues to hold on to number five. Yep. And so, Movers. Losers. And, and best, I had a
3: couple here. I want to. I want to throw at you.
4: The best finish by a female in this race. <laughs> there you 29th. go. Twenty ninth.
3: Twenty ninth. Twenty ninth. Talk to me about Mac Handsit. Drop back out of the top five. Yep. Drop down to to number six. Tony Stewart mm-hmm. continues moving up now in thirteenth. Yep. yep. Holding what? Uh, holding on to the wild card spot. Is that correct?
4: Uh, I don't know if he's got wild card. Uh, um, because of the one win. Right? Yep. Um, in 13th, he does because, you know, condition of wild card is you have to have a win. Right. Um, so, uh, well, I guess let me get into the biggest, movers and big, biggest losers because I do want to talk about Tony Stewart for a second. Um, so the biggest losers of the week were Ricky Stenhouse Jr., and, who dropped five spots. Paul Menard dropped three spots. Mm-hmm. The big movers this week were Greg Biffle. He moved up three spots. And Tony Stewart moved up three spots. Mm -hmm. This is the second week in a row that he's been on the biggest mover list. Yep. Last week, he was up four spots. He's moved up seven in the past two weeks. Exactly. In two weeks, he's moved up seven spots. Right. And as we were talking about, do you think, you know, you you asked, do you think he's going to make the chase? (laughs) And right now, he's in a wild card spot. Yep. So, you know, by virtue of the win at Dover, and then, you know, his, uh, what, fourth place finish now, you know, now he just needs to kind of, you know, hold on, and he's in the chase. Right. You know, it'd be nice if he can get up into the top ten, and, you know, he's not worrying about fighting for a wild card. Mm-hmm. But, you know, at, at this Don't stage right now, time. at this, you know, some people, are, you know, like you were questioning, is he going to be able to make the chase? And here he is, boom, two weeks still later. Still plenty
3: of time, and as we mentioned in last week's show, he's a he's a warm weather driver. Yes. So um Denny Hamlin <clears throat> excuse me, moved up one. He's in
4: twenty sixth. How's that right. looking? He's still got a stretch. I yeah, mean, he's, really. he's definitely got he's got more <laughs> work than Tony had. Yep. Obviously, but um, you know, he he's the, the problem I think you're gonna see with Denny Hamlin right now is he's in a swing the swing-for-the-fences mode, Mm
3: -hmm. yeah. and And
4: unfortunately, when you're in that kind of mode, you're probably not going to be that consistent, Mm -hmm. you know, because you're going to be gambling, you're going to be trying, you know, and so, you know, you might do really well one week, and then the next week, you know, you, you gamble too much, and, you know, you crap out, so it'll be interesting to watch Denny going in, you know, leading up to the chase, whether he can get there. I mean, I think he can get there. I mean, we just saw it with Tony how well Tony moved up. Um, but I think, you know, I think the big thing for Denny is he's got to get a win. So, if two. you were on Denny's
3: crew, would you be telling him, hey, stop trying to be Ryan Howard? I mean, seriously. Is that what you would actually be advising him?
4: Let's uh, see. I don't, I don't know right now. I mean... I mean, he's you, you got to to win I mean, the game. You, you you've got to try to win the race, which means you're going to have to take some gambles. But as you point out, some consistency—if you get the top right.
3: fives, the top tens—that's what's well, going to what get I, to the point. If, if, Look
4: at Clint Boyer. he's got no wins. Right. I, I and that's what I would say basically with Denny. If Denny's running well, then I would say, okay, let's let's take a top ten, right? You know, and call it a day. But if he's you know, back of the pack or mid pack, you know, and stuff like that, I might be, you know, a little you know, a little enticed to try and, you know, gamble a little bit to try to get him at least up into that top ten. Right. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So, you know, as long as he's you know, if he can string the top tens together, he's gonna do he's yeah, gonna he's do gonna, fairly he's well. Start moving. But he, right. you know, but he's gonna have to get a win or two to get it you know to get in the chase.
3: Well, maybe. So, maybe we've got two here. you got Clint, no no wins.
4: you got Dale with no wins. So we'll see. All well, right. if, you're in, the, if you're in the top ten, you don't need a win. Right.
3: That's what I'm saying. So, Just bring together the top ten, well, and you're going to start to see a move. So.
4: Yeah, but at this point, I think he needs to be looking at the wild, you know. No, well, I, uh, age, I agree. It's time. look at one thing at a time. I think he should aim for top ten. Right. But, you know, ultimately, he needs to be in the, you know, to compete for the wild in the card at a minimum.
3: So. Right. All <clears throat> With this, uh, now, uh, it, let's get into something else real quick here. Okay. Uh, this was our 14th race uh, of uh, the season. And uh, lo and behold, for our viewing pleasure, we were entertained with three hours of advertisements with occasional commercial breaks uh, for auto racing as TNT, otherwise known as Terrible NASCAR Television, took over the national broadcast for Crocs. Uh, joy, uh, i got to tell you, Sidekick, this is without a doubt some of the worst broadcast coverage I have ever experienced of a sporting event. Quiet, numbskulls, I'm, I'm broadcasting. It's dull and frequently, ridiculously innocuous without any relevance <laughs> excuse me, to what's happening on the track or in the race. Uh, of the staff uh, that uh, TNT assembled... The only ones, in my opinion, that bring anything of value are Kyle Petty and uh, Larry McReynolds. Now, in a recent article over uh, at pilotonline.com, which was dated May 31st, it was revealed that NASCAR's TV contracts with Fox, TNT, and ESPN slash ABC all run through next season, which is 2014. Fox right now is the only one that apparently has secured an extension to that contract. In that same article... NASCAR chairman Brian France said, my hope is to renew with the incumbents. Why? Why, Brian? Why? Okay? But that's why you have negotiations and discussions. We'll have to see how that plays out, he further commented. The article further went on to indicate that TNT declined to comment on its position regarding upcoming NASCAR negotiations. The network also declined to comment uh, and discuss fan criticism over the amount of commercial Packed into a NASCAR broadcast. Okay, now so I know and
4: you. And then got, they went to a commercial. <laughs> Jack wagons.
3: I know you've got some feelings about this uh, network switch, uh, which mercifully, Ooh. mercifully for us race fans, is only for six weeks. I guess my question is why. All
4: right. Okay. Why
3: t- does TNT? Why does TNT even have to come in the mix, even for such a short period of time?
4: What is the point here? Okay. If if we want to go down this road, do we have a dump button? <laughs> um, I don't know. I, you know, I can see NASCAR trying to spread it around, but TNT's got to go. I mean, they're, like you said, the only, you know, Kyle Petty and Larry McReynolds are the only ones on on that broadcast team that are worth a damn. Yep. And, and funny, because Larry Mack is, you see him on Fox. Fox. You know, um, Fox's coverage of NASCAR is the most entertaining. It's the best, in my opinion. Um, I mean, even even with that sappy, you know, Daryl Waltrip with his boogity, like boogity boogity boogie. I like him. I, I'm sorry, I get used to the, you know, hearing, you know, you know, buckle up those belts one more time, boys. We're going, you know. I like it. You know, is is kind of cheesy and stuff. It is. I like it. You know, um, you know, I I think uh, they do a better job of covering. Stuff about the race cars. Yep. And, you know, it's relevant. And all around. But what really stings with TNT is the commercials. Mm -hmm. You know, last year we, you know, almost a year ago we were complaining about this because we went through that Kentucky race (laughs) where, you know, they had a record 31.7% of that broadcast was commercials. They aired that damn KFC commercial seven times and then you know, flooded us with Danica commercials, you know, the GoDaddy commercials and stuff like that. You know, looking at last year's coverage, I've got some stats. All right, Fox, during their whole broadcast, Mm -hmm. they only averaged 23.6% of their broadcast time being a commercial. They never, ever got anywhere close to 30%. TNT, on the other hand, 31.4 was their average.
3: Are you telling me NASCAR is not looking at this when they're working in these contracts? You're not looking at that? Who's covering the Uh, race? I mean, I don't understand. It should be, that should be something that should be stipulated by the client. The client is NASCAR, and NASCAR should have standards across the board for their networks. That's the way it goes. We shouldn't be jumping from one, look, I don't give a damn whether it's six races or not. We should not be seeing that kind of a jump from one network to the next. That's ridiculous.
4: Yeah. Now, the one thing I don't have is the third, the third segment.
3: The ESPN ABC. You know, yeah.
4: With what their ads are. Right. And that. So, you know, I'd be, you know, I'd kind of be interested to see that yeah. in comparison. But I, you know, TNT's coverage is just. For it's it.
3: not just the commercials, though. I yeah. frankly find their 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 color commentary just. Inane at times.
4: It's very dry. Yeah. Like Fox, there's no personality to it. Exactly. Fox, there's humor. There's, you know, there's back and forth. There's, but yet at the same time, they're very knowledgeable about what they're talking about. They Mm -hmm. explain it. Mm -hmm. You know, they've got their little gimmicks that they throw in there. You know, we had Digger and we, you know, and stuff like that. But, you know, TNT, it's just dry. Yeah. It's like, okay, we're here to report on the NASCAR race. You know, Jimmy well, Johnson has won the party at the Pocono. <laughs> you know, like. Mr. France, you've heard from the Frat House.
3: TNT comes up in 2014. KISS
1: them up! Em. Can em, you, em, you all right. wagon?
3: Please, yeah. All right. Listen, we got race 15 coming up. Yep. And we're heading to actually to one of my favorite locations, uh, and that's the two mile oval of uh, Michigan International Speedway. I really like this this track uh, and, and coverage. As we just discussed. Uh, We'll be brought to you by TNT uh, on Sunday at uh, 1 p.m. Eastern Time. So talk to us. What do we have to do
4: this week for fantasy? All right. (laughs) Uh, My uh, notes are all correct this week, and I don't have gaff like I did last week. That's all right. All right. So we're going to the two-mile super speedway in Michigan this weekend, and this is who you're going to want to look at. Okay. Some familiar names. Uncle Mark's favorite driver, Clint Boyer. The only driver in the field with more than two consecutive top tens at Michigan. 26, uh, 2675. Maybe one of the first times I've mentioned this name this season in, in Fancy Picks. Go ahead. Or maybe second, because he doesn't come up often. Dale Jr. Dale Jr. won last year's event and also on the fall race. Finished in the top 10. Mm-hmm. He is 26.50. Greg Biffle won the fall race and finished fourth in the spring race. Right. Uh, $26. I'm going, like last week, I'm going, even though he did horrible last week, but I'm going with Ricky Senhouse Jr. He should do better this week. He's a Roush guy. Roushes typically run well at Michigan. <coughs> um... And then to fill out the roster, I'm gonna put David Rudiman on there for six dollars. Taking the total to ninety nine seventy five. That's a very, very different lineup you've got there. All right.
3: Maybe one of these weeks I'll take your suggestions and um get myself above the goes Mendoza line, yeah. yeah. You're there and I'm like below the Mendoza line.
4: Ooh, one and two. Yeah, yeah.
3: Yeah, one and two, yeah. We're going to find out later on the show. Many of our other sports are finishing up as they're in playoff finals and that sort of thing, <coughs> and it won't be long now until Major League Baseball will be our dominant sports topic for uh, a few weeks. Yep. So, what do you say we let's go take a look at uh, Major League Baseball standings? Uh, Eleven weeks now into the season. Over in the American League, the Boston Red Sox are now three games ahead of the New York Yankees in the AL East. In the Central. The Detroit Tigers are four and a half games in front of the Cleveland Indians. And in the West, the Texas Rangers, who have, it felt like, uh, led the West since the beginning of first week. Well, they have. There you go. Maybe that's why it felt like it. Well, they're four <laughs> and six in their last ten and have relinquished the top spot, at least for a minute, to the Oakland A's, who are now uh, ahead by one game. Playing that Moneyball. <clears> In the uh, National League, the uh, um, Atlanta Braves are six games in front of the Washington Nationals, who took over again in second place. The St. Louis Cardinals still two and a half games in front of Cincinnati Reds With the and best, Central.
4: Re- best record in Major League Baseball. Yes, they do.
3: And in the West, the Arizona Diamondbacks are two games in front of the Colorado Rockies. And there you have our standings.
0: It's time again for Frat House Mike's Screwball Stories. Well,
3: here are a couple of goofy ones for you that uh, I'm going to be bringing to you. Uh, Some of these might generate a little bit of comment. Uh, First one probably won't because this is kind of a no-brainer. Stories of athletes and celebrities posting dumb things on social media like uh, photos of themselves in awkward environments and texting inappropriate comments are, uh, well, countless. We've had so many of those, you would think that everybody out there would know by now, that's a no-no, just don't do it. But taking to Twitter to repeatedly rip your employer might just be one of the most bone-headed moves ever.
4: There seems to be no sign <laughs> of intelligent life anyway.
3: Come third baseman, Ian Stewart responded to a Twitter follower who asked him when he was uh, going to be brought back up to the bigs, because apparently he's down in AAA right now. Stewart tweeted, quote, probably never. The Cubs are done with me. They're going to let me rot in AAA all season and then non-tender me after. I think the manager doesn't like me, and he's running the show. The Cubs' uh, response to the 164 hitter was a much louder tweet. They suspended him without pay. (laughs) Do do, do people, does anybody ever learn, seriously? Seriously.
4: Well, okay, if you're playing for a major league team, okay, and you're frustrated with the team and you could you tweet, I could see an an occasional gap, maybe a a little frustration. okay, but when you've been demoted down to a triple A team and you're trying to get your ass back onto that major league team, (laughs) even though it is the Cubs and we know where I stand with the Cubs. Really? Yeah. I know. You might be a dumbass. Yeah. <laughs> that's not
3: screwball. Uh, that's dumbass.
4: All
3: right. Well, now, since you brought up dumbasses, we've... Uh, sure. Uh, <laughs> we've... Uh, I noticed a trend. We've lived with players <laughs> <to> getting caught <laughs> cheating with quartz bats, sandpaper and nail files in their back pocket, uh, pine tar on their caps. All right. We've seen any number of all those kinds of things to get an advantage. Uh, but I got a question. Is it cheating when league management arranged and coordinated the wide-scale advantage? The other day, league officials from the Japanese NPB, otherwise known as, uh, I hope I'm pronouncing this correctly, not playing baseball. uh, Yeah, (laughs) Nippon, Nippon Baseball, Nippon Professional Baseball, admitted that they sanctioned alterations made to the baseball provided by the manufacturer Mizuno. League officials have been openly questioned about the possibility of juice baseballs all season long, as home runs and batting averages uh, have increased across the league dramatically, uh, and they have consistently denied any alterations to the ball itself. In April, uh, NPB said specifications of the ball, uh, quote, have not been changed. A statement that has been repeated several times since. But on Tuesday, NPB came clean, saying that uh, they had asked manufacturer Mizuno to, (coughs) excuse me, adjust the ball to give it greater bounce off the bat and demanded the company keep quiet about the switch.
4: Now, see, that's where I have issues. That's where I have issues. Right there. Yeah. Okay. If you want to tweak the ball in, in, you know, under the guise of, hey, we want to see if we... Tweak the ball a little bit, how it affects the game, right? And we're going to experiment with this, okay? And experience. and 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 you come out and you say, hey, we've tweaked the ball to try to enhance the game for the fans, mm-hmm. Because for the fans. The right. fans would like to see a little bit offen- more offense, maybe. Right. So we're going to make a small adjustment to the ball, to you know, to try to help the offense a little bit. No problem. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to sit here and you know, like like we're doing now and and criticize them. Because in some respects, you know at I mean?
3: that point, the field is level. It's not like it's giving anybody an advantage. Exactly.
4: But, now, to sit there and deny it through the season, mm-hmm. tell the manufacturer, don't say anything to it's anybody that we're screwing around way. with this ball. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, and then finally to cave in and say, yeah, we yeah, were screwing with the ball. Mm-hmm. You know? I'm sorry. <laughs> Shenanigans. <laughs> you know? Shenanigans. So some people might have... And it. it's not like... It's, <laughs> and it's not like... This is the first time in the history of baseball this has been done. Major League Baseball has done this a couple they times. They have actually. And they, right, you're right. You know, you're right about that. So, so, and I don't think the fans are going to be upset if you were to come out and just say, hey, yeah, we tweaked the ball to see, you know, mm-hmm. you know, we may, re- we may, we may, at the end of the season, rethink this and, you know, make the, you know, switch it back or lessen it or do whatever. Hey, no, you know, no foul. Right. No harm, no foul. Right. But, you know, to sit there and lie and cover it up, well, you know. Yeah, see, it, that's that, just Pearl that, Harboring. That's the thing, is it? Oh. Uh, <laughs>
3: that, that, that's, uh, boom, boom. Uh, that is, uh, that's where it gets a little bit dicey, is that it appears to be some sort of like cover up sort of thing. So, yep. You know, uh, anyhow, all right. Uh, we hear constantly about teams and um, stadiums going green. Now we have some players who have taken up the environmental cause. Uh, Orioles outfielder, uh, Steve Pierce. Is certainly doing his part, and I think he's doing it probably better than most. Uh, the 30 year old journeyman, uh, who's right now doing his second stint with uh, the Orioles, opted out of his quote unquote big old truck, <coughs> excuse me, as his main form of transportation to a souped up electric skateboard that he rides to the ballpark. Uh, I love that thing, he said. It's comfortable, it's cushioned, great gas mileage, it's electric. Uh, it's uh not like a regular skateboard. It's got big old wheels on it. I don't have to worry about a rock throwing me off of it. I actually thought that was
4: kind of cute. No, it is. I'd kind love of to see cool. the guy.
3: I'd love to see the guy, you know, putting down there,
4: you know. On well, then they were saying in the article, he takes it over to his uh, yacht near, or yep. not yacht, lot near his lot. house, yep. and he walks his dogs with it. Yep, I think it's pretty cool. So, you
3: know, <laughs> good for him. Now, uh, this one might get some comment out of you. Uh, The uh, day following a dugout clearing brawl between the LA Dodgers and Arizona Diamondbacks the other day, Major League Baseball announced that the two teams would open their seasons next year against each other in Sydney, Australia. Uh, This uh, was not a banishing or punishment uh, to the teams for the bench clearer but a purposeful And planned overseas American baseball presentation not dissimilar to the NFL I guess kind of playing games in London England Mm -hmm. the two teams will play a two-game series on uh, Saturday March 22nd and Sunday March 23rd at the Sydney Cricket Ground uh, next March Um, this will be the first time a competitive US baseball team uh, and fixture will be held in Australia and only the sixth time one has been staged outside of America. I know that you've got some thoughts on this one, sidekick, as you were commenting on it while we were bringing it up yesterday on Fan
4: Junkies Radio. Well, I mean, I don't have a big problem with it. If you want to play games outside the U.S., start starting you know series and stuff. That's fine. You know, I don't I don't see the big deal about it. Where I was, you know, getting or commenting on yesterday was. You know, during the radio show, John's talking about, oh, the, the players don't want to be away from their families and, you know, this, that, and the other thing. And I'm like, oh, cry me a river. Boo-hoo. I don't want to be away from my family. You know, dude, you play professional ball. You travel how many how many days out of the year? Mm-hmm. You know, really? The fact that you're in Australia for two weeks or whatever it was.
3: Yeah, it's six days in it, advance and then the two games and then yeah. I guess there'll be a couple days coming back, right? You know.
4: What's the? I don't see the big deal
3: about the whole. You let, know. let me ask you this question though, real quick. Uh, why?
0: What,
3: what's what's Major League really Baseball getting out of this? As I pointed out on the radio show, baseball is played, and I understand they've got they've got cricket and what have you, and that's a varied a variated form of baseball, or baseball actually is, I guess, a variation yeah, think, form yeah, of yeah. cricket, really, because cricket came first. Sure. But they have baseball. They have Americanized baseball because. Um, everybody at different times had Olympic teams, and of course we've got the World ba- uh, Baseball Classic. <clears throat> what is the point? What What is Major League Baseball
4: really getting out of this?
3: I don't get it. That's what I don't get. It. Any yeah, well,
4: that, that I can't speak to. Other than you know, I know they were you know they had they were having some preseason games in Japan, right? You know to increase you know awareness and stuff like that. You know. Um, and see, as
3: Jonathan said, exhibition. All right, fine, but why regular season? Why do these have to count? I don't know.
4: Why? Why? I mean, why exhibition versus, you know, other than maybe they're just trying to, you know, instead of kind of, okay, you know how they're talking about with the NFL. They want to shorten training camp and they want to do all this stuff so that, you know, the players don't get as much contact in and things like that. Maybe they're just saying instead of having them play a batch of exhibition games outside the U.S., why don't we just make it regular season games yeah, yeah. and cut down on some of the, you know, the extra exit, you know, the extra games that don't count for anything. Yeah, all right. You know, and maybe it's also a ploy to say, hey, these games count, so you're over here, you need to put on a good game, you know, a good show because these games count for your record.
3: Well, okay, Ma- all right, maybe that's
4: part of it. All you right. know, I- I- I'm just, I'll I mean, these are that. just things that are just kind of coming off the top of my head, you know. But overall, I don't, you know.
3: I just don't get the point to it. And I hate the idea of there being a couple of games on the books where other teams won't probably be starting until April 1. Right. To me, that is just stupid. I mean, I understand you've got to give the teams a little bit of time to come back and get ready and what have you, and they've got to get their head in gear for the beginning of the regular season. But we're going to have two teams that are going to be showing records a good 10 days before the rest of the
4: league. Yeah. Now, an interesting kind of stupid, comment, though, on that article as I was reading through some of the, you know, the posts, some of the trolls are just too, you know, just too much. But one person brought up a valid point, and that was, why don't you take, instead of taking Arizona and L.A., which are warm-weather teams, why don't you take, say, the Colorado Rockies and another cold-weather team, no the, you know, where the teams start, You know, where you're almost in winter conditions when the season starts, and have them play down. Who were the two teams we had the most difficulty with this past season? Colorado was one,
3: right? Who had multiple delays and got all kinds of snow in April. Colorado is an ideal choice. That's a very, very good point. And I got to be honest, it was one that I was thinking of during the radio program yesterday. But I, you know, as we got into the conversation, it kind of got ahead of me, and I forgot to bring it up. But that's exactly what I wanted to bring up. Why don't we go to cold weather areas and bring them? over to uh, Australia
4: Yeah, I think so, it's a very valid point now one person did reply to that person's comment market. and say it's market well no it wasn't market it was distant it was flight time because if you look at where the two teams are now 7,000 miles is seven miles a mile, dude. right so you know <laughs> I mean what is this? I mean we're, we're <laughs> I mean the other thing though could could Major League Baseball maybe pick some countries that are a little bit closer like, yes, the NFL yes. goes to England. London. It's like, a, you yes. know, from from here, from yes. Philadelphia, it's like an eight-hour. Well, I think it's six, because Germany is an eight-hour flight. Okay? But, no, Major League Baseball is going to Japan, Australia. which is like a 12-hour flight. Australia, which is like, what, 16 or something? You yeah. Know. Yeah. So. Ah, uh, uh,
3: there's our screwy stories for this week. You can bet we'll have a lot of uh, uh, similar ones again next NBA Finals have been, in my opinion, very, very entertaining so far as I kick. Particularly if you're rooting for the Spurs or, well, slash, happen to be a heat hater.
2: Uh,
4: Bring us up to date. Which I'm putting my foot in my mouth because I said Miami was going to sweep them. And the series is San Antonio 2, Heat (laughs) 1. Yep. With Game 4 kicking off tonight in San Antonio at 9 o'clock. Eastern time. Um,
3: I don't know. Psychic, um, so that was a that was a. I mean, they didn't just beat them. That was a stomp down the other night.
0: Yeah.
3: Uh, Tuesday night, one thirteen to seventy seven.
4: Yeah. Well, that was a that was. In, I think that game was in response to the beatdown that they took. Right. In game two. Okay. Now we talked a little bit about this last week. Two
3: three two series. Two three two format. Okay. In the finals. Mm-hmm. All right. San Antonio did exactly what they needed to do. They won a game in Miami. They won the game three, which is at their house, as I pointed out, by an enormous score. What was it, 30-some points. They're playing again tonight. They're going to play game uh, five, right? Is it five? Game five, Mm yeah. And San Antonio as well. Could this be done?
4: I don't know. I thought the Heat had more in them. Um. And you know, and I, I think I posted a comment on one of the posts about San Antonio. Uh, you know, and and it's because of what Brandon said about about the Heat being a little seem to be it's a little lazy. lazy. Yeah. Until it until they kind of you know, like they'll back themselves up against the wall, but then they'll come out and they'll play and they'll just you know and just run All right, right let's, over teams. Let's, let's do this real quick. And I'm wondering if what's if your gut
3: feeling that game pulls off that game pulls off tips off here in about 40 minutes. What would be your bet for just tonight? This is game four. Heat have got their back to the wall. Would you suspect that the Heat come out, play lights out, and win this game? Oh
4: yeah, LeBron's going to come out and dominate this game.
3: Okay, so you give this, you would put this in yep. the Heat in the Heat win column.
4: Yes. Okay. Yep, definitely.
3: Yeah. All right, interesting.
4: Now, what will be interesting though is San Antonio comes out and wins this. It's over. Does that you know? Does that you know? Do do we now say okay? It's just a matter of time, and the Heat are done. San Antonio or, won yeah. that
3: game the other night, and I sat and I watched the whole thing. They, they won that game because they took the lane away from the Heat. That's what they did. Right. They forced them out to the perimeter and had them shooting perimeter shots almost all night long. Yep. Uh, which they were capable of doing, but only sporadically. Um, and so uh, that's, that's what shut them down. Uh, LeBron only ended up with 13 points, I believe, in the entire game. So if they do that again, but what we've seen from Miami is that they usually respond to game plans. So in other words, if they have a bad game plan against them, they usually respond to it coming back in the next game. So sure, I would, I would be with you. I would say that Miami should win this game because their back is against the wall. Let's go take a look uh, real quick at a, another sport that began their playoff finals. Uh, and I'm sure that this kind of makes uh, at least one person at this table quite pleased. And uh, shortly, the NHL season, we will no longer be talking about them until next season. Uh, last evening... Game one was played between the Western Conference representative and number one seed, Chicago Blackhawks, and the Eastern Conference winner, uh, and number four seed, uh, Boston Bruins. Uh, interestingly, this is the first time since 1979 uh, that we, are, uh, we have a final tier that's featuring two of the original six NHL teams. Don't you feel bad that you're missing out on all of this fun? Not one and bit. It's uh, already living up to its reputation and history. What a game last night. You missed, my friend. Going to the 12:08 mark of the third sudden death overtime. Three. Took three. Became, I think, the eighth, seventh or eighth longest finals game in the history of the NHL. Uh, before, the Blackhawks prevailed 4-3. And right now, as a result, Chicago holds a 1-0 advantage in the series. Game two scheduled, uh, to, and, and it will continue to be in Chicago, on Saturday at 8 p.m. That'll be on Saturday. All right? Money, you're money, missing, money. You're missing a great series. Cha-ching! And you want to...
4: Cha-ching! All right.
3: Listen, before we close Cha-ching. up shop...
4: <laughs> <laughs>
3: before we close up shop for Cha-ching. this week, let's just take a look at our Frat House Facebook... Uh, Frat House Sports Facebook post of the week.
4: Oh, yeah. Which has
3: a football flavor to it, of all things. And by now, yep. everyone knows uh, that the New England Patriots signed Tim Tebow... To an incentive, uh, le- le- well, we're not sure if he's going to be or not. Uh, incentive laden uh, league minimum contract. Now, I posted up a screenshot of the USA Today uh, Sports front page of their website with the comment. All you have to do is mention or print uh, the name Tim Tebow, and the circus prevails. For crying out loud, just take a look at the contradictions and inconsistencies right on the front page currently of the USA Today Sports. And as you can see, two, two articles, one headline on the page uh, at the time read, five reasons uh, Tim Tebow will fail with uh, the Patriots, while another headline read, why New England is perfect fit for Tebow. Are we any more schizophrenic about one particular individual? Are you kidding me?
4: Ah, oh, man alive. Oh, there you have it and we're feeding right into it. Zinger. All right, there
3: you have it. Uh listen, do me a favor. Keep the posts coming. Make the comments on them. Keep viewing them. That one got the most views of yep. all of our posts the entire time. Which
4: which goes to prove what you said just. Yes. You know, yes. what all the all these sports the hype casting, you know, about Tim Tebow. Well, you know, I not, why, why It's, not, Tebow, it's well. not that we want to talk about Tim Tebow all the time. We merely you or sorry, you you merely put up a, you know, a thing saying, hey, look at this. Look at the Inkins. And because fan. it's Tebow, it got the most views.
3: I guess I got to do that more often.
4: So, you know. Yeah.
3: Tim, would you come on the show for us, please? There you Maybe go. we can get Tim Tebow to come on the show. Brandon, work on that for us. All yeah, right. I'll get right on
4: that.
3: <laughs> All right. Uh, before we run away from you here, uh, make sure you get over and check out Frat, uh, uh, FanJunkies.net. FanJunkies.net. Where Sports Meets Social Networking. And then while you're doing that, make sure that you're following uh, Jonathan and I on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday uh, on Blog Talk Radio with Fan Junkies Radio, along with our friends up in Boston with Sports Blogger Radio on Thursday, and of course then also uh, Frat House Saturdays with myself right here uh, on, uh, and I rebroadcast this show at uh, 12, uh, 1 1 p.m. 1 p.m. Eastern Time on Saturdays. All right, over on Blog Talk Radio, Fan Junkies Radio, and FanJunkies.net. Many thanks to our friends over at CLW83, Jim and Carl. Great job over there. They just released—I haven't had a chance to hear it yet—just released a new Touch 'Em All program. Uh, they got some wonderful programming over there, podcast programming. Get over and check them out as well, and give them a, a big a hand. CLW83.com, and then last but not least, our own FratHouseSports.net. Okay to put up one of our we'll have it up next week put up one of our little new
4: new crease yeah
3: there it is there, there there we go here run that up here run out of here there you go here we, oh. oh nice job there we go look there there we go and if you if anybody wants one of these we'll, we'll just get in touch with us and we will send one out to you all right there it is yep okay net all right <laughs> having some fun here on a june evening One more thing before uh, we let you go. The (laughs) tornadoes rolling. Mercifully, we got the tornadoes missed us. Um, One more thing uh, before uh, uh, we leave you. You know what you got to do for us, please? Till next week.
2: Keep us real, keep us live, and keep us going, and we'll see you next week. Jimmy Johnson passed Ryan Newman to retake the lead once again, and he just set sail. He did. He said, hey, guys, uh, it's me, Jimmy Johnson. I got the fastest car here this all weekend long, excuse me, coming through. He got around the 39 car, and I think after that, he never was challenged. 206 miles per hour into the turns for Jimmy Johnson. Now we are under caution again and a little bit of beating and banging going on here between two of our championships. It's always the race down on pit road. you got to get on pit road. It's so important. You saw Matt Kenseth coming in so fast, had that number one pit stall at the opposite end, but here at the other end, the 48, well, he had that coveted number one position because of the rain out. He beat everybody off pit road on consistently. His crew was flawless. Flawless once again for that number 48 team, but watch out for Tony Stewart. Two great weeks in a row, capped off by a win. They're trying to make another third one here, and they did it. Well, that's exactly right, and he knew he needed to come here and kind of show everybody that last week at Dover wasn't a mistake. They strapped and scrapped and scrapped and scrapped and scrapped some more, and they finally clawed their way up to the front, and you see her going by Matt Kenseth in the 20 car, and at the end of the race, Jimmy, I mean, Tony pretty much showed everybody last week. Well, it may have been Jimmy's mistake, but he is definitely a contender now. Here comes the third caution of the day, Juan Pablo Montoya and Matt Kenseth. Again, hard racing in a very tight part of the racetrack. We talk about how tricky this racetrack is. These two veterans found out real quick two will not go in that area. So as they found out, there's just simply not enough room, even on this big racetrack. But look at the save by Brad Keselowski. Oh, this right here is incredible. Our champ right now, he comes in this corner. He seen to get loose right there. I don't know if the 16 loosened him up or the 14 on the outside, but both of these guys, all three of them, did a great job of avoiding the number two car. The two car was able to drive himself and keep on digging. When you speak about former champions, this one, Jimmy Johnson, is poised to take another one. It looks like the six-pack is in view, as no one had anything for Jimmy Johnson, no matter what they tried. John. Now, everybody had a shot at him at one time. The 39 and Ryan Newman, the 88 of Dale Earnhardt Jr., and late in the race, the 16 made a run at him. But the 48 guys and the 48 team as a whole, and particularly Jimmy Johnson behind the wheel of this race car, he showed them, I don't have a problem with as many restarts as you want to throw at me. I can get the job done.
3: All righty, there you have it. That's... Uh... Five minutes at the Pratt House, number 93. And just give that some thought for a moment. 93 straight weeks in a row that Sidekick and I have been playing these programs together. Uh, every week, we haven't missed a single week. No highlight shows. If you wanted to, you could go all the way back to the very beginning. And, uh, and listen, if you enjoyed that, and, and trust me, I enjoy bringing them to you in the audio uh, version uh, here every Saturday afternoon. If you enjoyed that uh, and you want to go take a look at the actual video itself, two places, and I encourage you, please, two places you can go to do that, head on over to uh, YouTube, type in five minutes at the Frat House, you'll find them all, uh, or jump over to our own website, which is net. all right, and you will find them there as well. Um, and encourage your 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 friends to, to, to like it as well. One other thing I would like you to do, and I ask it, please. Um, head over to our Facebook page, Fradhouse Sports. All right, now you, know, you got to be leaving spaces between the words, Fradhouse Sports, and you will find our Facebook page. And over on that, you will get notified about all of our productions, uh, upcoming and ones that have been archived. You'll get information about all of our Fan Junkies radio productions, uh, and you'll get all kinds of posts. Uh, in fact, I just posted onto the Frat House Sports Facebook page, uh, while that rebroadcast of this week's five minutes at the Frat House was playing, I went over and I put up a couple of posts over on our Facebook page. So look up the Facebook page, Frat House Sports, give that a like, and then you're you're right in touch with us. Everything you need to know is right there. Um, and get your friends as well to uh, like that as well, please. Encourage your family, your friends to uh, like our Facebook page. All right? I would mentioned there was one early game in uh, Major League Baseball, and that's the game going on right now, uh, middle of the third between the Cubs and the Mets, and that game currently is scoreless. If there was anything there uh, that you heard in uh, that five minutes at the Pratt House program or anything perhaps uh, that I had mentioned at the top of the show that you'd like to call in about or anything on your mind, I can stick around with you for a couple of more moments uh, or as long as you care to Participate. The number to reach me, three four seven two three seven five three seven three. 237 Let me run around real quick and throw a couple of shout-outs. Number one is to fanjunkies.net. You know, you're, you're listening to Fan Junkies Radio Network, and you might just think it's a radio network. But actually, no. It started out as a website, and a rather unique website. I discovered it last March, uh, and therein started... My relationship between Jonathan Regas and myself. I discovered it last March. What is FanJunkies.net? Well, real simple. It's where sports meets social networking. Um, This is Facebook for just sports fans. And if you jump over to that and take a look at it, you're going to find that there are sports fans on FanJunkies.net from all over the country. They represent every single sport, every single team, there are groups you can join you can join a, a you know if you're if you're a big uh, uh uh I'm thinking San Francisco Giants fan there's a group for the San Francisco Giants and there are members that have joined it so uh, every single sport you can imagine there's a little group for that you can jump in and become a member of a subgroup or uh just be a big old member of the entire family and what's beautiful about FanJunkies.net is that first of all number one it's completely free And it takes, literally, it takes just a couple of seconds to sign up. That's number one. But number two, uh, since it's just geared towards sports fans, you don't get all that other nonsense that you get over on Facebook. You know, I'm not having to look at posts put up about somebody's relationship status or uh, the fact that they're doing their laundry or that they just made an apple pie. Frankly, I don't care about that. Talk to me about what you think about today's Phil's colorado rockies game. That's what I'm interested in. So, and that's what you'll find over at FanJunkies.net. And that's where Fan Junkies Radio actually started, was out of that particular website. So I encourage you, get over to FanJunkies.net, sign up. It's completely free, and it won't take you but just a couple of seconds. Um, And then, of course, continue to follow us here on Fan Junkies Radio Network. And this is a network, folks, because there's a number of different programs that air during the course of the week. First of all, you have Jonathan's and my regular Fan Junkies Radio program that airs Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Uh, at 12 noon eastern time live right here you can call in we frequently have all kinds of terrific guests on um, from the sports world from the media uh, and and you can jump in on that and listen to that you can get it live or archived so fan junkies radio monday wednesday friday with jonathan and myself right here on the fan junkies radio network sports blogger radio on thursday evenings at 8 p.m our buddies up there in boston All your Boston sports right there for you in one full hour. You can participate with that one as well. If you're a Boston fan, that's the place you want to be going to get all your Boston news. These guys are terrific. They know their stuff. I'll tell you, when it comes to, doesn't matter what the Boston team is, they know it. And they've got it covered. So if you're a Boston fan, you've got to be listening to Sports Blog Radio. And, of course, then, I come to you here every Saturday afternoon right now in our summer hours of 1 p.m., uh, and you can catch me here uh, every Saturday afternoon for Frat House Saturday. want to throw a shout out as well to our buddies, uh, Jim Williams and Carl over at clw83.com. Go check them out as well. These guys rebroadcast all of our Fan Junkies Radio Network programs. And guys, we really, really appreciate that. Thank you very much for doing all that for us. Um, but aside from just rebroadcasting all of our programs, they have their own original programming as well. And it's really, really terrific, terrific stuff that they put together over there. Uh, So you need to go and be checking them out over at clw83.com. All right? we got time for one quick call here, so let me bring that one on in. Thanks for calling on Frat House Saturday. What's on your mind?
1: How are you, Mike? This is Brett. Hey, Brett.
3: How are we doing today, buddy?
1: Pretty good. How are you on this Saturday afternoon? Real nice. Beautiful day, huh? Nice. Uh, yes, I uh, I apologize. First off, I, I haven't heard uh, some of the program here, so I don't know if you if you've already touched on the topic that I wanted to bring forth here. But have you talked anything about the NBA so far, from the, uh, the Jeff, finals?
3: Yeah, that's all. That's all I did was bring an update on that. What do we have going?
1: I you know I brought up a point yesterday. As soon as I saw this flash up on my phone, it was an ESPN breaking news text that uh, Dwight Howard and Chris Paul were going yeah. to uh, you know team up and, and kind of hope to to fall on the same team this year.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, I don't know if you've discussed that at, at all so far. Um, uh, but I'll tell you what, this this news disgusts me. You know, I really hate the direction that free agency is going mm-hmm. in the NBA. Um, you know, it really bothers me. It seems like there's this precedent that's been set. It's happened a few times now. Um, you know, where we're gonna where we're gonna have these superstars all band together in their free agency years and kinda go to the same place to win a championship. And, uh, you know, I got into a big debate yesterday on on Twitter about this with a lot of people. Um, You know, to me, I said that it ruins – I think that, that for one, it ruins free agency, and for two, I think that it's ruining the NBA a little bit, Um, Mm -hmm. which I I guess some people could disagree. But um, I was curious what your take was on that. Do you like the fact that that these free agents can can essentially be a package deal and and take pay cuts and and go to, you know, one or two towns and spend five or six years there and kind of – uh, you know, do it that way. What, you, what is your opinion
3: on that? Yeah, it's interesting. Jonathan and I actually did speak about this specific issue, uh, Brett, on last night's uh, Friday, uh, Fan Justice Radio. Uh, and we were talking about the whole Chris Paul, Dwight Howard uh, tandem. No, I, I, I think it's a disgrace. Um, and and I, I posed the question out there last evening. I said, why does it seem, you know, well, actually, it's really not a why. It, it, it appears that it is much more prevalent. This sort of thing happens much more readily in the NBA than any other sport. Uh, and it, I think it really goes right to the heart of what I've talked about many, many times the me centered concept of the NBA. Um, the whole league just disgusts me from that standpoint. Uh, I, you know, it's all built around one or two guys. Uh, I, I find the whole thing really, really. And I agree with you. I think it undermines. I think it undermines the concept of free agency. And you got to wonder whether, in fact, at some point or another, the NBA isn't going to step in and, and perhaps put some regulations on the CBA uh, to affect this sort of thing from from occurring well,
1: because it seems to be happening more and more frequently. Well, the one thing that they do have in the new CBA that I guess takes into effect next season is the the new luxury tax that for every one dollar that you are over on your on your uh, team salary cap. You're going to pay a four dollar luxury tax. Wow! Um, and aside from you know a very few teams, probably the probably really the only two that can probably really sustain it would be the Knicks and the Lakers, strictly because of their TV deals. Uh, right. You know we may that may be able to prevent something like this. But I really I agree with you on the aspect that I think it undermines free agency. Um, and and it also you know when you look around the NBA, I think it's fair to say that in the in, in the, nas- or in the uh, national basketball association, you have more teams that struggle. Financially, as a as a whole, than in any other sport, uh, and I and it's probably fair to say that probably two thirds of the NBA teams have trouble selling out. You know, have really don't make a lot off off of their TV deals. So let's use since they're our hometown team. Let's use a team like the Sixers, for example. The Sixers are going into this off season with uh, I'm not sure the exact uh, cap amount, but probably somewhere between 15 and 20 million once once Andrew Bynum goes off, which is just enough for a, for one big superstar. Right, and if they wanted to, if it was the direction they wanted to go, uh, the Sixers could potentially go to Dwight Howard and say, "Hey, you know, we'll give you a twenty million dollar contract over the next four or five years. Come play in Philadelphia." Right. But because of the fact that Dwight Howard wants to bring Chris Paul with him, well, the Sixers are automatically out of the running, and and as would be any team that has the cap room. Um, And I guess I read that the only team that would have the cap space to, you know, I guess uh, sign both of them would be the Atlanta Hawks but uh, i i really just hate the precedent that that's been set and uh there was a there was somebody within the last 6 months and i don't remember if it was if it was barkley or, or jordan or bird or one of the three maybe magic johnson one of them said something along the lines of it's a disgrace because you mm-hmm. would have never seen back in 1988 or 89 you would have never seen michael jordan you know call up larry bird and magic johnson and say hey guys let's all get together and go play for for the scene together it was right. never like that and I think, that it, I think for me, for me personally, I think for a lot of fans, it, it, it alienates us, and it kind of ruins the league a little
3: bit. Oh, I, I couldn't agree more. The, it, going specifically, though, for a moment to the tandem of Chris Paul and Dwight Howard, Jonathan and I were discussing that one, and we kind of feel it's somewhat unlikely, even if there were a team out there that could afford it. Um, from my perspective, I think Chris Paul would be foolish in trying to make Dwight Howard any kind of a partner, just based upon his previous uh, record and track record of going to teams, I think it'd be a, mi- a big mistake on the part of Chris Ball. Oh, I agree.
1: I mean, Dwight Howard has proven has proved himself to be uh, a he's not a team player. You know, Correct. all he, he he cares about himself, and that's it. He can he can talk all this stuff about wanting to win. You know, when he forced this trade away, when he wanted to go to the Knicks or to the uh, to the Lakers, it was to win. Well, I hate to tell you this, Dwight Howard. You have the talent to be the best center in the National Basketball Association. If you can't go to the Los Angeles Lakers and win, that's a problem. He, yep. you know, his attitude is a big part of the reason why I think that team failed completely across the board. Um, and and if Chris, if if I were Chris Paul, I would I would be looking right at that. Chris Paul, I think, if he wants to win, his best chance to win in the near future is to stay right where he's at. He has a yep. really fantastic young team out there with Blake Griffin and DeAndre Jordan. I agree with you. I agree with you.
3: Yeah, you know, I think, as I pointed out, I think it goes to the me-centered concept of the NBA. Uh, You know, Jonathan and I have also talked about the fact that, uh, you know, we're seeing such a rotation right now going on with coaching staffs, particularly coaching staffs that actually had winning seasons and went to the playoffs. And I think there's a culture in the NBA of we want it and we want it now. And I think that that's what makes the whole tandem of Of buying players attractive even to managements it 's not so much just the players themselves. I think there 's a culture that just runs right through the entire league, and that goes to team management as well
1: Yeah, you're absolutely right and I, and I honestly I think that there's a lot of luck involved too you know oh, you, yeah. need, you really need to, to be the team as a whole needs to kind of be in the in the perfect spot to where you have so many contracts expiring at once. It would be helpful to have new ownership coming in or maybe a new TV deal that, that's that's uh, being signed, something that can give you this windfall of money that can say, hey, this year we can afford to go out and sign the three best free agents and throw them on our team for the next three or four years. Um, right. You know, that's what happened with the Miami Heat. You know, I'm sure they didn't plan it that way, but it kind of just fell into their lap that, hey, you know, we can get Chris Bosch, to, you know, D Wade to re sign and, and get LeBron James on top of it. And uh, it's just, it's really ruining the sport. I agree. I agree. Unfortunately,
3: you know, unless, again, unless there are actual restrictions placed on this kind of thing by the NBA, and of course it would have to go through the CBA and it would have to be agreed upon by the Players Association, I don't know, I don't see anything changing it.
1: It's going to continue. Yeah, I don't either. Well, I thank you very much for taking my call. I'm going to get ready to run out and uh, do some Father's Day shopping. <laughs> so, uh, uh, I real fast before I go, did you catch the uh, did you catch uh, game one the other day of the uh, Stanley Cup?
3: Absolutely. It was a fantastic game. That I was
1: fantastic.
3: All, all the way through. All the way through. I had made uh, mention at the top of this show that, uh, you know, there's a couple of things I really love about this particular Stanley Cup final. You've got two teams from the original six. That's the first time since 1979. And... If, in fact, that Game 1 is any kind of prediction of what this entire series is going to be about, you can expect a great, great series that potentially could go seven games. This could turn out to be a classic.
1: I absolutely agree. I haven't looked forward to a a Stanley Cup game not involving the Philadelphia Flyers in uh, very long, uh, but I am very anxious to see tonight. I mean, uh, UFC is going to take a back seat; That will probably be on the uh, laptop. But uh, Game 2 is going to be on the TV tonight, that's for sure.
3: And, and listen, I think the NBA Finals have really been really, really good this year as well.
1: They uh, they have. I mean, uh, the games uh, the last two games have kind of gotten out of hand and kind of weren't yep. uh, very much fun to watch towards the end there. But these these teams are, I think, are very evenly matched. And mm-hmm. uh, I don't think going forward, I think we're going to see a lot of tight games going forward. I think these uh, these twenty point wins are uh, probably done for the rest of the series. Yep, yep. All right, my friend. Thank you.
3: And listen, Happy Father's Day to you.
1: Hey, and, and you two as well, and if I can, really fast, I just want to, to throw out a quick plug. Uh, every Tuesday night uh, right here on Fan Juckies Radio, we do Wrestle Chat uh, Radio, yep. Yep.
3: Uh,
1: and uh, we actually just signed a really big guest, which we haven't even announced yet, but I'm going to drop that right now, right here. Uh, sure, it's going to be Tuesday night, June 25th, uh, 9 p.m. We are going to be talking with the legendary Mouth of the South Jimmy Hart, uh, so I encourage all, right. all the, uh, the listeners out there to, to tune in and uh He's going to surely have tons of old stories about uh, Hulk Hogan and and, uh, Macho Man Randy Savage and uh, Andre the Giant. So back when I think wrestling was at its best, and I really look forward to that. So uh, definitely encourage our uh, fellow Fan Junkie Radio listeners out there to, uh, if you haven't given WrestleJet Radio a try on Tuesday nights, to uh, give it a chance.
3: Congratulations, man. That's a great get.
1: Thank you very much.
3: And uh, Tuesday night, uh, June 25th, what time is that again? That's going to be 9 p.m. There you go, folks. 9 p.m. Wrestle Chat right here on Tuesdays. All right? Thank you, sir. Take care. Have a good day. You got it. See you, Brett. All right. Good comments. Good comments, Aaron. We appreciate Brett calling in with that. Thank you very much. All right. Um, all righty. Uh That's our show for uh, this week. Uh, please remember all the things that uh, we have thrown out to you there. Fan Junkies Radio right here. Monday, Wednesday, Friday with Jonathan and myself. Sports Blogger Radio on Thursdays at 8, and you just heard Brett talking about Wrestle Chat coming to you, Wrestle Chat Radio coming to you here on Tuesdays right here on Fan Junkies Radio Network. And you see, that, that's why it's a network, folks, because we're not just bringing one program, we've got multiple programs. And of course, then, uh, you've got uh, Frat House Saturdays with myself right here uh, during our summer hours of 1 p.m. Don't forget, to uh, Frat House Sports, get out there over to Facebook and give that a like, and then of course our own website, which is frathouseports.net. All right, folks, I appreciate you spending some time with me here on this beautiful, beautiful uh, Saturday afternoon. Uh, To all of our fathers out there, I wish you a happy Father's Day tomorrow. And uh, one more thing I'm going to ask you to do, and you know what that's going to be. Yeah, one more thing. Keep us real, keep us live, and keep us going. I'll catch you next week. See you then
0: maybe you're a 49ers fan in Jacksonville or a Jets fan in Houston. And you're looking to connect with fellow fans from hundreds or thousands of miles away. Look no further than FanJunkies.net. FanJunkies.net is a social networking site dedicated to fans of every team and every league. Connect with baseball, football, basketball, and hockey fans from throughout the country and throughout the world. Get the latest news, take polls, and interact in live chats on game day. And best of all, it's absolutely free to join. Sign up today at FanJunkies.net. FanJunkies.net, where sports meets social networking.